Hey everybody, it's Payday, and you're listening to The Payday Podcast with your host, Samantha Mantra, me. Today's episode is about the labor market. Are you feeling a little bit confused or perhaps a bit anxious? I can clear that up for you. Today's episode, we're going to talk about salary compensation. We're going to talk about layoffs. We're going to talk about if you should be concerned, how you prepare for a layoff, and of course, how we get you paid more. So where are we in the world right now? Let me just orient you. We're currently still hovering at somewhere between 8 to 10% inflation. And that's not just me looking at the consumer price index, which is somewhere around like 7.7%. It's looking at every single thing you pay for in life. Because if you have noticed, everything has gone up quite a bit. Massive jumps in the last four months, six months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months, etc. So my question to you, dear listener, first question is, are you paid enough? Yes or no? That's going to be a yes or no answer. Okay, so if we needed to be paid more, which sounds like we do, the first thing is our salary needs to at least keep up with inflation. Well, I have good news for you. People who get new jobs, interview, secure their offer letter, and then submit their two weeks notice, those folks are on average receiving a 7% annual boost in their salary. Whereas for folks who are staying are getting about 5%. In other words, literally currently the only way to keep up with inflation, which is not stopping or slowing down, it appears despite the Federal Reserve Bank's best efforts, is to leave your job and get a better job. And that's not news to any of you, I think, but it may make you uncomfortable because you might be thinking, Samantha, what about all these layoffs? Well, I have an answer for you. So first, I'm going to talk about how many layoffs roughly have occurred. I'm going to talk about what industry they have occurred in, regardless of what industry you currently work in. And then I'm going to tell you why I'm not as worried as you are. So first things first, more than 50,000 workers, particularly in the U.S. tech sector and more since Meta just performed their layoffs this week, have lost their jobs. So we're over 60,000 people who have lost their jobs to layoffs. Now, a word on layoffs, I hate them. There's never a good time to be laid off in the history of life, but I particularly resent companies who schedule layoffs for Q4 just to write it off their balance sheets because Christmas, because you bought gifts on your credit card. Because even if you don't celebrate Christmas, you definitely took advantage of the Black Friday sales to get some stuff for your family or your loved ones. And I resent that because I know they know that and they still lay people off during Q4 and there's something particularly cruel about that. So that's my word on layoffs. Now, tech. I have this interesting habit I have developed over the years of trying to see industries, all industries on a massive scale from maybe the most forward thinking to the most conservative. So let's say tech in big quotation marks right here. Tech at least thinks of itself as the most forward thinking, the most adaptable industry. There's tech and media, and they kind of operate like bellwethers for the rest of us in these United States to see what other trends may or may not impact us, regardless of where we work. We might work in medicine, we might work in agriculture, you might work in law or education, which are some of our most conservative um, industries relative to everything else. And it informs us because it think, makes us think that we might also suffer these same trends. 
Here is why I'm not worried. I am not worried because part of this is a bluff. Companies need workers to perform. And right now, we have 11.9 million open jobs as of March 2022. Before the pandemic, it was 7 million. Now, it's no surprise if you've been listening to me why the gap before, before times BC, um, why the gap in job openings is literally a million plus people massive, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, almost 5 million. That 5 million number lines up perfectly with the number of folks who have died, become long-term disabled, or left the workforce. 5 million people, 5 million open jobs that haven't been filled despite the layoffs. So what does that mean? Well, the lead economist at Glassdoor, Daniel Zhao, also agrees that it means that the power stays with the worker, even as companies attempt, sometimes successfully, to intimidate employees into staying or taking salaries that are less than. And we need these salaries to keep up in inflation because I'm assuming you also pay rent or a mortgage. So what I'm really telling you in a roundabout way is that you can still go on ahead and trust is a strong word, but you can still test the market, interview, go out there, see if you can get that 7 to 10% minimum raise depending on your industry and get your offer letters and move on to your next job. You are perfectly in the right to want to protect your life, your lifestyle, your family economically. And since companies insist on acting like bad actors, you go on right ahead and take care of you and yours and the people around you. So I'm not as worried about the layoffs as other people are. Now, like I said earlier, I'm not unsympathetic. They're really rough and it will cause a glut for a lot of people looking for specific types of jobs. But honestly, the labor market cannot handle all industries, all employers behaving like that. I do not see a freeze coming down. I see a slowdown, a slowdown in overall hiring, employers acting scared, even though they have the funds to hire and back people up. That will, if I had to guess, and I'll be honest, this is a guess, I would say that's going to have to change, my best guess, by Q1. Because their businesses cannot handle not having workers. You can't have a business that produces millions of dollars of value with zero workers. That's just not the way life works, even for software as a service companies. And if you've heard everything I've just said, and you're like, that's wonderful, Samantha, I am still concerned, then let's talk about how we prepare for a layoff. So the very first thing you should do is you should know what the word vesting means. Vesting means how long until you own X benefit. That might be vested stock. That might be your vested 401k slash 403b retirement match. If you are laid off, depending on your state and the laws, you are entitled to severance. The lowest I've seen is two-week severance, right? Keep in mind that severance pay is taxed at a higher percentage for reasons that are, quite frankly, beyond human thinking and have nothing to do with actually supporting lives. Severance is taxed higher, which means that two weeks of pay, if that's your severance pay, is not actually going to be your two weeks of pay. It'll be less than that. And you should know that up front so you don't budget against that. At least I'll have two weeks pay I'll be able to get to the end of November, as an example. No, severance pay is less. It might be more like a week and a half of pay. Okay, so severance, vesting, what benefits can I take with me? 
So making sure you could take as much of your retirement as possible, making sure you could take as much as your stock equity if that was an option at your job, making sure that you understand your health insurance. So in general, health insurance ends at the end of that calendar month unless you buy the hideously overpriced thing known as COBRA, which I shall not discuss further because it is not a good idea for medical or financial reasons. So you have to default assume that if, Lord forbid, you get laid off, you will have no health insurance by the end of that calendar month, which means the best time to be laid off, if there is even a best time, is towards the beginning of the month because it gives you more time to plan an interview. Lastly, and most importantly, the best thing you can do to prepare for a layoff is have a fat emergency fund. I'm talking six months plus of life because, especially if you work in particular sectors that will be affected by these layoffs, these tech layoffs over the last month or so, your job search will take longer because everybody else is searching at the same time, which means I do not think that your job search might take two months. I think it might take three to four months, double whatever the usual timeline is, and your emergency fund will be the most beautiful thing in the world as it will support you through this process while allowing you to stay out of debt. Now, what if you currently have debt? When you calculate your emergency fund, you want to look at your minimum payments or If you are like, I am paying more on my debt right now because I have a good job and you're worried or you're hearing whispers within your company that a layoff might be coming down, pay the minimum payment on your debt and start beefing up your emergency fund. Seriously, pay the minimum payment on your debt, start beefing up your emergency fund at least until the volatility within your company passes. This is not advice, disclaimer, this is perspective, but I honestly think one of the best ways to prepare for potential layoffs is making sure you have money. If you have money, you're a lot less stressed out because you don't have to worry about making rent next month. You know you have it. And that allows you to exhale, maybe lay down for a week after perhaps a particularly toxic situation, looking at you with kindness and love in my heart, all you ex-tweet Twitter employees, and then get up again and say, what do I want to do next? Because you usually don't feel like job searching after you've been rudely tossed out of your place of work whether virtually or otherwise. So that's how we prepare for a layoff. Now, bringing it all the way back to salaries and compensation, as I promised, salaries are going to keep going up. This is my opinion, just my opinion, because the market needs us and the market therefore is willing to pay us. They will not be humongous increases consistently, But I do think that where we are, dependent on industry, a lot of people will be moving jobs every 18 months to three years, depending on their level of seniority and industry, because they have to financially. And until things cool down with inflation and the economy, that's the labor market we live in now. Because, and this is bringing it back to, again, where most people are, most people are spending a lot more by saving a lot less. So as of September, most Americans, most families saved only 3.1% of their net income, their after-tax income, which is less than half as much as they were saving before COVID started. So that would be March 2020. It's been three years. So people's savings are going down. The savings need to come up to prepare for layoffs or economic uncertainty. And people's spending is going up because of inflation and also because a lot of people spend well when they are stressed out. And that is an emotional reaction to money that you can control, but you have to first acknowledge. So all in all, salaries, compensation, your salary is going to have to go up. 
for you to not lose ground to inflation or debt or other things or circumstances going on in your life. And that means that you need to plan for your salary increases very intentionally. It may feel like the wild, wild west, but it's not. This is not our first inflation. This is not our first tech bust. This is not our first possible recession that is absolutely going to happen. We just don't know when. It's not the first time these things have happened. There's a pattern to them and we can predict it and we can look at the numbers right? Both in terms of hiring, total jobs, total salaries, and we could see trends. So salaries and compensation. If you haven't gotten a raise all pandemic, it is time to start your job search with real intention. Sit down, plot it out. Do not be afraid to switch industries. Your your life matters above everything else, right? Which is why we are seeing an exodus from most of the low-paying industries in the country, which employers have to reckon with much to their disdain. You can plan a 10 to 15% salary increase and get that done within six months. You can do that. You can also plan how to not lose that money. And so you know your life the best. You are the expert in your lives What would you do with more money if you had it? How much money is enough money? Because you don't want to be guessing when you go (laughs) interviewing for your salaries and you get to the end stage and they say, okay, we're thinking 90K. Oh my gosh, 90K, that's more money than I've ever made in my life. That's enough. And then your rent goes up and you're like, wow, I'm literally making $90,000 and I'm saving the exact amount of money that I was saving at 60 because I'm paying for rent and now I'm paying for a child, a dog, a person who's staying on my couch because I love them and I care about them and they're down on their luck and I'm the one who has a job. Doesn't matter what permutation of circumstance come together. You do not want to be in the position where you have just significant significantly raised your income in that example, like 30K. And you look around and you realize you still can't put away your money to buffer yourself against the changes happening in our economy. This is going to be something a little bit new, even though the patterns are the same, because this is kind of a COVID-driven economy, regardless of how other people want to talk about it. There would never have been these types of labor shortages if 3 million people hadn't dropped out the workforce to take care of other people, children or elders. Never would there have been something like this. We've never experienced something particularly like this. But your salary, you can keep your salary up. And I think while you can't demand, say, I want an extra $20,000 every year, right? I think you can keep your salary ahead of inflation. And I think if you plan it out that you don't even need to worry about layoffs. And I think that it means even if you're happy in your job, and this is my last piece of advice, and I really want you all to hear me, I think everybody needs to be interviewing. You heard me correctly everybody. Because when you're not interviewing, you lose contact with what the market is currently offering. And the market might be offering a pretty penny more than you're making right now. And that means whether or not you're like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I'm hearing things in the company. Are we going to have a layoff? Or you're like, I am all set. This company is stable. We're never leaving. I think you should take a couple interviews. And I think you should take a couple interviews every six months or so and find out what the offers are paying commensurate with your skills. And it will also, if, again, Lord forbid, 
you do get laid off, it will cut down the time in your job search because you will have already remembered how to interview, how to prepare your resume because your resume is up to date and you won't be updating it for the first time in two years. And you will be comfortable reaching out, talking, scheduling, and working these things into your schedule. So start interviewing everybody. Don't worry about huge jumps in salary. Worry about keeping yourself stable as we're all on the riding the high tide together. You can do this. You can raise your salary even as we are right where we are in this point in history. So remember, at the end of the day, this is all about making your life easier. Speaking of ways to make your life easier, if you're getting ready to start a podcast and you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to get started. It's free. Anchor distributes your podcast for you across multiple platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Their app allows you to edit straight from your phone or computer, and there's no minimum listenership to start earning revenue. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So this payday, don't make financial decisions out of fear. You know what's coming. You know how to handle it. You listen to this podcast. So keep those emergency funds fat. If they're not fat, looking a little thin, fan that girl up. Make sure your resumes are polished, updated. Start practicing your interview skills again. Send out an application or two a week. Get back into the market if you've been out the market for over a year. Basically, take the steps for preventative financial care instead of reactive. And that way, we can keep our salaries up no matter what labor market we're living through. This is Samantha Mantra, signing off. I want you to take care and enjoy the rest of your payday.